man's institutions to God's instructions. You know, some believers feel that the books of Matthew and Romans have a serious contradiction between them. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. Let's take a moment to look at what they really are saying. And if you don't already know, you might be surprised. Yeah, you might be. Hey, you can email us at redpiltorah at gmail.com. Follow us on redpiltorah.podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, Listen Notes, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. We love to hear from you. Thanks to everyone who has subscribed, and please take a moment to like and share. Lastly, a special shout out to our listeners in Australia and Missouri. Amen. The writings of Shaul, whom we know as the Apostle Paul, had a reputation among the early believers. Hmm. The Apostle Shimon Kepha, who we know as Simon Peter, mentioned it in 2 Peter chapter 3. In this chapter, Peter talks about the last days and what the scriptures say will take place. Given what's going to happen, we really should be living in a way that is pleasing to Jehovah. Miss, please read verses 14 through 18 in that chapter. Can do. Starting with verse 14. Therefore, dear friends, as you look for these things, he's talking about the things mentioned that would happen in the last days. Mm-hmm. Do everything you can to be found by him, Jehovah, without spot or defect and at peace. And think of our Lord's patience as deliverance, just as our dear brother Shaul also wrote you, following the wisdom Elohim gave him. Indeed, he speaks about these things in all his letters. They contain some things that are hard to understand, things which the uninstructed and unstable distort to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures. But you, dear friends, since you know this in advance, guard yourself so that you will not be led away by the error of the wicked and fall from your own secure position. Mm. And keep growing in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Deliverer, Yeshua, the Messiah. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. Thanks, Miss. So the Apostle Peter says that some of Paul's writings are hard to understand. That was true when Peter wrote it, and it's still true today. Maybe that's because we read his words from our modern Christian-Gentile perspective, maybe. Maybe. We see Paul as an apostle who has denounced his heritage and his Judaism to gain Christ and become a Christian. This perspective has been in place and taught for centuries, and it's caused many of Paul's statements to seemingly contradict themselves and contradict our Messiah's words as well. Today, I suggest we should approach Paul's writings from the context of a devout Pharisee, highly trained in the Torah, who had a direct encounter with the resurrected Messiah, Yeshua himself. Would that encounter with the risen Messiah erase Paul's lifelong study of the scriptures, or could it have established the right context for Paul's knowledge of the scriptures? Let me ask it a different way. What is it about the resurrection of Yeshua that changes or invalidates the Torah? Herein lies the subject of today's podcast. That's a great question, Daddy. Did Yeshua's resurrection bring an end to the law. 
Romans 10 verses 1 through 4 is an example of a scripture that seems to suggest that. The King James Version reads, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. Now for years I've read this passage, and it seems like Paul was saying to me that once I received Christ, or Yeshua, then I didn't have to worry about obeying all those laws in the Old Testament because all I needed was Christ. Now, as crazy as that sounds, I felt like this is what most of the churches I had attended was teaching as well. I mean, it does say for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes, right? Well, yeah, you're right, Mom, it does say that. But let's check a few other versions of the Bible to see what they say in verse 4. The American Standard Version reads, For Christ is the end of the law unto righteousness to everyone that believeth. Hmm. The English Standard Version says, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Hmm. Young's Literal Translation says, For Christ is an end of all law for righteousness for everyone who is believing. Hmm. So let's try the New International Version. It says, Christ is the culmination of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. Okay, let's try the New, Eng New English Version or translation. That one says, For Christ is the end of the law with the result that there is righteousness for everyone who believes. Man, it's no wonder so many believers think that this scripture is saying that the Messiah brought about the end of the law. They read it in so many translations of their Bibles, so it must be true in their minds. Mama, if it is true that the Messiah brought about the end of the law, then how are we to understand Matthew 5, verses 17 through 18? Great question, Tim. In Matthew 5, 17 through 18, Yeshua said, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For truly I say unto you, till heaven or earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law until all be fulfilled. Here, Yeshua is saying that we shouldn't even think that he came to change anything the Father said. He and the Father are one, so he agrees with everything he said and came to accurately explain and give deeper insight to those instructions. Moreover, in Galatians 1, verses 11 through 12, Paul says, Furthermore, let me make clear to you, brothers, that the good news as I proclaim it is not a human product, because neither I received it from anyone else, nor was I taught it. It, was, it came through a direct revelation from Yeshua the Messiah. Wow. So here... Paul is saying that he is the only that he is only teaching what Yeshua taught him. If that is the case, since Yeshua said he didn't come to destroy or bring an end to the law, Paul can't be saying that Yeshua brought an end to the law either. Hey, I agree with that, Mama. You remember when we met in college 
Back then the internet was not available to us as it is today. We had to use encyclopedias, libraries, and other less advanced sources, we'll call it that. There weren't easily accessible tools to search the way we can search information today. Mm -hmm. It's a real blessing to have such awesome technology readily available to us today and accessible from handheld phones, tablets, and other computing devices. Now, I want to ask our listeners to look something up in their search engine of choice. Now, if you have access to a Bible that tells you the Greek words used in Romans 10, verse 4, please look up the word translated as end. You will find that the word used is telos, T-E-L-O-S. In some Bible concordances, you'll find that the word telos means end. Now, use your search engine of choice. We'll use Google for now and search for the meaning of the Greek word telos. T-E-L-O-S. Now, we did it using Google on this topic. I don't think Google has any motive to try to invalidate uses of the word telus that agree with the Bible translator's use of that word. What we found is that the translation of the Greek word telus given by most non-Bible, strictly language-based sources is not end, as in the conclusion or the final stage. It's more like the end goal, the purpose, or the objective. Mama, please give our listeners some examples of proper use of the word telos. Okay. We said that telos means the end goal, the purpose, or the objective. So consider this. The objective of getting an education while young is to be able to have the knowledge and skill you need to support yourself when you become an adult. Fair. Or the objective of proposing marriage is to get a yes response so that, right. so that you can spend the rest of your life with the one you love in a monogamous, exclusive relationship. Amen. Now notice, accomplishing the objective does not necessarily mean the end of the activity. With a great education, one can get a great job and hopefully live a financially secure life. With an accepted proposal, one can have a happy and long marriage with the one they love. The complete Jewish Bible translates Romans 10, 4 through 5 this way. For the goal, or the objective, at which the Torah aims is the Messiah, who offers righteousness to everyone who trusts. For Moshe wrote about the righteousness grounded in the Torah, that the person who does these things will attain life through them. Mm. And check this out. In John 14, verse 16, we read that Yeshua said, He is the way, the truth, and the life. Preach it, Mama. Now, to be clear, Miss and I are not trying to sell complete Jewish Bibles. And we're not suggesting that you discard the version that you have either. We want to highlight the fact that a translator's doctrinal beliefs can often be communicated through their translation. It may be very subtle, or it may be overt. But either way, let us be clear, the Torah is context for understanding the rest of the scriptures. Knowing that the Torah gives so much detail about what we call the law, and knowing that the Torah says that Elohim's law is eternal, 
the Messiah or anyone else, including Paul, could not be pleasing to the Father if they invalidated his law or his instructions. So, what would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions? Would you take the blue pill and assume the Messiah ended the law, or would you take the red pill and dig deeper for the truth? Now, only you can answer that question, Mm -hmm. but just be clear, the Bible is one contiguous book, not an Old and a New Testament. That division was the idea of men, and not directed by Elohim. Amen, Daddy. Another scripture that supports Yeshua being the objective of the law can be found in Deuteronomy 18, verse 15. In this passage, Jehovah is telling Moshe that the children of Israel must not adopt the disgusting and abominable ways of the pagans who Israel are driving out of the land. Jehovah says next, I will raise up for them a prophet like you, Moshe, from among their kinsmen. I will put my words in his mouth, and he will tell them everything I order him. Whoever doesn't listen to my words, which he will speak in my name, will have to account for himself to me. We know that prophet that Jehovah speaking of to be Yeshua. Amen. I can tell, Mama. You know, it's hard to imagine that the Father would send Yeshua in his name to end the law, as we say. Yeah, that would be weird. Yeah. First John 3 is often quoted at funerals to remind us that we will have glorified bodies at the resurrection. Now... I can see a different meaning for that scripture. The first three verses say, See what love the Father has lavished on us in letting us be called Elohim's children. For that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it has not known Him. Mm -hmm. Dear friends, we are Elohim's children right now, and it has not yet been made clear what we will become. We do know that when He appears... We will be like him because we will see him as he really is. And everyone who has this hope in him continues purifying himself since Elohim is pure. Because we hope to see him as he is, we are purifying ourselves. How can that possibly mean that we are invalidating his law? Can we make ourselves pure by invalidating Elohim's laws or instructions? Psalm 119 verse 40 says, Elohim's word is very pure, therefore your servant loves it. The objective of the pure word of Elohim is the Messiah, Yeshua. Amen. Nothing about the resurrection of Yeshua has changed Jehovah's Torah, his instructions. That's right. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Please go back and listen again. Read over the scriptures and discuss them with your family and friends. And thanks for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Torah, where you can handle the truth.